0: Good day, everyone. My name is Stefan Pretorius, the Chief Technology Officer for WPP, and it is my pleasure today to welcome you to WPP's Metaverse and More Academy podcast, where we'll be discussing a wide range of Metaverse and Web3-related topics with experts from the WPP network and special guests from the industry at large. As we cover both established concepts and track new developments in this space, we hope this series is informational and inspirational. Thank you for coming on the journey with us be back and enjoy another exciting discussion about the metaverse and more.
1: Hello everyone. Welcome back to WPP's Metaverse and More Academy podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Robertson, and today's episode, we're going to discuss risk and governance in the metaverse and web3, which is Not naturally an exciting topic, but we're going to do our best to make it uh, very engaging. Uh, And the theme of today is just because you can do something does not mean you should. Uh, Welcome to our amazing guest, Vicki Brown, General Counsel and Chief Privacy Officer at WPP. (laughs) Vicki, good morning. Hello, Sarah. How are you? I'm good. That was a mouthful, trying to get through governance and risk, and I can imagine uh, your your day job is not easy having to spit out legalese all the time
2: well we try and avoid the legalese we try and cut through the legalese so we can explain the position in plain english and we don't scare people off
1: oh i love um, that we, i'm excited We try and sort
2: of communicate the the law in in uh, plain english so so we can help everyone make sense of it at the end of the day i always think that the law is really about common sense so um, it shouldn't be that hard to put into practice but you would sometimes be surprised
1: <laughs> oh yeah i uh, i'm a coder and coders have a weird fascination with law because we like to think of law like math. You know, it's sort of like code. It's got if-else statements and things like that. So I'm a, I'm a little bit of a fan on the side. That's good, yeah, because it's all about, I think
2: with code, though, it's black and white. And often with the law, it's not black and white. Um, which right, there's is... little,
1: little bits that get very gray. <laughs> it's very
2: gray, the law. And actually, particularly when you get to sort of... Web3 and the metaverse, um, because it's it's new uncharted territory. And that's where it's extremely grey, even though um, the principles are still the same, frankly. But um, it, is, it, is, it is different and exciting. Um, so it's a challenge for lawyers, really, advising in the space and advising in sort of a practical way. And that's certainly what we try and do at WPP, is help the agencies navigate it through a common sense, practical lens. Um, and also actually overlaid with you know how we should be viewing how we how we sort of conduct ourselves on the web anyway through an ethical lens. You know, and also thinking about bigger picture issues, sustainability, inclusion. Um, yeah, so we try and sort of overlay the 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 legals with common sense practical observations, but but plus the sort of the bigger picture topics that that we think about generally as a group. Um, so yeah, it's it's governance and risk in the metaverse and Web3 is is really genuinely very interesting because it is uncharted territory. Um, And what we've been trying to do at WPP is sort of set guardrails and principles which take um, the legal risk, the legal issues, put a framework around the work we're doing from a very practical perspective to allow people to do great work, but really to put at the heart of the work, you know, the sensible application of of risk, um, and and data ethics, um, and the law more broadly, um, because there's a lot of intellectual property risk that people sort of haven't, you know, haven't quite worked out how, where that's going to sit now. Um, but but it's basic principles of, of you know, where advertising started and advertising clearance. You know, what, what have you got the rights to use in the metaverse? What haven't you? Who owns an NFT? What rights do you actually have with an NFT? If you pass it on to the consumer, how can we talk to the consumer in plain English about what they have and what they don't have? It's 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 multi-layered. Um, but at the heart of it, where I started is there's a lot of common sense. And, and if you apply common sense to uh, the work that you're doing in the space, then you should you know, you you should hit the ground running, so to speak.
1: I love it. I feel like that's a pretty reliable way to move forward, uh, even for teams in the space that maybe don't have access to really strong legal counsel, independents, not WPP clients. (laughs) Uh, I think if you proceed with common sense, uh, you'd oftentimes be safe. But there are areas where the law doesn't feel like common sense. uh, And web three exposes a lot of those. One of them is the intellectual property topic that you just mentioned. Uh, I don't know if you want to start there or is there a a path into web three law that you want to take us on? I suppose when we We've done a
2: lot of work, as you'd expect, at WPP to to look at what our risk appetite is to Web3 and the metaverse, um, then to come up with um, a strategy and sensible principles for working in the space. But we've also broken it down. We've looked at, you know, what remains the same? You know, what are the risks that we think about at the moment that operate in this space anyway? And then what are the new risks? And I think... You know, if we break it down into the various topics that you need to think about, you still need to think about the responsible use of media, brand safety. I mean, it's obvious that when you get into crypto and and wallets and NFTs, that there's a risk of fraud. Um, You know, when you're thinking about the work that you're producing for the clients all the same issues around the client's policies around their marketing strategy, the suitability of the work, the context for the work. Is it authentic for the client's brand? All of those principles remain the same. Um, but there are, you know, new risks that you have to think about. The use, you know, the practical risks of crypto, wallets. You know, does a client want to own its own NFT wallet? Is it ready to work with a third party? Um, regarding the use of wallets. What is the client's treasury policy? You know, what's their position on actually trading and holding crypto? Many of the big brands aren't there yet, and they will have uh, internal policies which apply to their businesses globally, which actually prohibit the trading of cryptocurrency you know and that's something that you can forget when you're so focused on a, a brilliant project around nfts and commissioning an, a, you know an illustrator to produce beautiful artwork and and no one's actually thought through the fact that the brand itself isn't ready from a global policy perspective to set up that project um you know you've got to think about tracking nft blockchain um let's uh let's
1: pause on wallets real quick because yeah. okay, sure. i feel like that's a huge problem that maybe our listeners aren't really aware of let me try to summarize what you just said and then yeah. maybe we could figure out a path forward so yeah, definitely there's lots of eagerness in the brand in the creative parts of these yes. clients and brand organizations eagerness to produce nft collections to release cryptocurrencies to just dive in headfirst into the web3 space really cool innovative creative ideas that get so far along and then just are dead in the water because the logistics of how to fund the deployment wallet and yep. retrieve the royalties, just like make everything explode. And for the Web3 native brands, those are like not even challenges at all. Like they dove in to, to that world and have become familiar with it. To the Web2 brands trying to to enter this space, it's like a terrifying barrier that has personally frustrated me several times. Vicky, how do we get past it? So listen, it's about,
2: you know, our clients look to us as the experts in this space. And when it comes to the execution of the brilliant ideas that you guys come up with, there's always a balance between, you know, providing the right consultancy advice on on how that should be executed And then practically helping a client that isn't quite there yet, as you say, you know, proceed to execution. And at the start of the process, when you come up with the fantastic NFT idea, you have to be upfront with your clients around, you know, what is their risk appetite? And the first point to say to them is, have you thought about how you're going to get the NFT out there? Um, Have you got a wallet? Are you ready? Is your business ready? Is your brand ready? To step into that crypto space because you have to have a wallet or they have to be ready to allow a third party to hold a wallet on their behalf. And that's almost the sort of primary discussion with a brand, in my view, particularly when you talk about Web2 brands, the big, big brands, the bigger clients that often are traded on the London Stock Exchange, traded on the New York Stock Exchange. They have huge governance Around their The household name clients. <laughs> the household name clients. And quite rightly, they have huge governance around their business. They quite rightly have lawyers and compliance teams making sure that they get it right. And, you know, the marketing team, the brand team are there with that NFT. They've found the artist. They've had the discussions with the agency and they're all ready to go. But if they haven't taken the compliance team, the legal team, the treasury team, the finance team with them on the journey then the project, as you say, won't, it, it won't be able to take off. And we've done a lot of work partnering with the agencies on how we can help clients you know, get to the execution point. Now, 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 let me be clear, it's their risk appetite to set And that client may well take a view after they've gone through the appropriate processes that they're not there yet and they're not ready to trade crypto or have a third party hold it on their behalf or indeed have a wallet held on their behalf. But that's their risk appetite and that's their decision. But our role is to obviously be experts in the space and provide as much sort of assistance as we can on that journey. And what you'd be saying to the client up front is, um, have you had discussions with your lawyers the compliance team, treasury finance, you need to bring those voices to the table to look at your group's risk appetite, your brand's risk appetite. Do you know what your treasury policy is? You know, many, many, many marketers cl- clearly won't know what, the, what their household what their
1: name I, I don't even know
2: what name. that question means. Well, so every company, so your treasury policy means, you know, how do you, how do you trade? you know, it, it, do you as a group want to hold crypto? Do you want the risk that goes with holding crypto? You know, do you want to have an an account at the likes of Coinbase? Do you want to be involved in trading NFTs because they're all traded through crypto? You know, many brands don't want that risk. They're not they they don't want to get involved in the, the fraud aspect of it, etc. But if you can explain to your client from the outset that these are the issues they need to be thinking about. They can get the right people to the table. And we've done a lot of work partnering with our agencies, Not pro- clearly not providing legal advice to our clients, but partnering with them and explaining how we went about setting up our WPP wallets. And we have one.
1: I can't wait to get access to that. I'm going to deploy a ton of NFTs. <laughs> There's a strict <laughs> governance program around that, Sarah. I'm sure there is. There
2: is, but, but, but a practical one, as I keep saying, you know, to allow us to actually But, you know, the team, the team, we using the WPP NFT wallet, you know, it can. So, you know, it's, um, it's, it's all about coming up, and this is where they started, common sense, practical steps about how to manage it. So, you know, you bring the right people to the table, you revisit the Treasury policy, you talk to uh, the lawyers, you know, you get them comfortable with the vendors um, that the agency can bring to the table to open the wallet on on their behalf. That you know, the right due diligence has been done on those third parties. Um, All of those points. And then the practical controls, you know, um, around, you know, how the crypto is traded, um, you know, you don't leave crypto Bitcoin sitting in the account, you, you know, it doesn't sit there with it in, you know, you remove it, you know, on a regular basis, all these types of controls can be baked into, um, frankly, the creative process, this is the governance aspect, you know, so you can get that brilliant work off the ground and work with the artist that you've commissioned, you know, and then you get the legal team comfortable with the illustration agreement you've put in place to make sure that you've got the right rights to the artwork, you know, so it's a, you know, I'm going to use some legal terms. It's a perpetual license, you know, on an exclusive basis for the clients. All these types of things can be factored in. But it's this is where the lawyers are your friends, frankly, in this world, because they can sit down with you and spot the, the, the pitfalls and just explain, you know, you may want to be thinking about it like this. And that's where we've had very successful discussions with clients um, that we've explained who you need to bring to the table to make sure that you can get the brilliant idea off the ground. That that's what it's about, frankly. Um, you know, common sense. Um, but definitely what I say to all of the agencies is 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 what is a brand's risk appetite? And I think sometimes the risk appetite of a brand is is somewhat different to that of the marketing team. <laughs> And you have to marry the two when it comes to Web3 and the Metaverse, particularly when you're getting into NFTs and wallets. You really do. And it's an upfront discussion with them, Um, you know, because you don't want to spend months on an idea that just can't be, you know, you can't execute for policy reasons at the client. That's really disappointing all around. And the client doesn't thank you for that either.
1: So we've talked a few times on this podcast about the parallels between the emergence of Web three, and previously the emergence of Web two, uh, when there was a huge rush for brands to secure their .dot com names, and when everyone needed to set up their social profiles when social media became big, did you know? I think you and I have both been around for a while. Do you remember? Was there this level of like fear and trepidation about entering? social media world as there is now about entering the metaverse like were they worried about the IP rights of the avatars they were posting on social networks like why is this one different like that one should have been terrifying you know we're accepting credit cards online I, I don't I don't think the principles
2: are very different but I think the world has changed um and I think that the world views, um, social media, the internet in a very different way. And I think that that's, um, you know, a, a nature of how it's evolved. There have been sort of, there's been, there's a lot of, you know, criticism of social media platforms over the years. There's been concern around data collection practices. And frankly, So maybe we learned our lesson and I we're like taking we it slower this I time? I think we are. And I think that's a good thing. And I think that it's a much more nuanced approach to the metaverse and Web3. And I think we've learned from, you know, the mistakes of the past. I think we're still learning. Um, but also I have to say that, you know, the basic common sense principles, the legal principles of the metaverse and Web3 are what are in existence now. So we've got a much better, better legal framework around privacy you know everything that you do in in web3 is you know is in large measure governed by you know certain legislation in the us the gdpr you know across europe there's uk equivalent equivalent legislation it's the same in singapore so you've got a better legislative framework around issues like that going into web3 the metaverse you've got lessons learned from the past and I think that there's real focus on building this in the right way, looking at ethics, looking at the appropriate principles and guardrails in a way that nobody did before, I have to say. And it was leap, leap, leap last time around. And I think it's I think it's different. And I give you and obviously I give you this perspective as a, as a lawyer, but. <laughs> um, but I do think it's different and I think that what you've even got now are that the the practitioners in the space, Cathy Hackle, you know she she talks about the web 3 manifesto for brands, you know tech philosophy as far as I'm concerned in any tech philosophy in this space you have to think about you know ethics, governance, it's a good thing and guardrails so that you can do the work you want to do, but in the right way. I mean if you think about, and i say this as a, as you know the mother of a 12 year old my son is is you know he is he is the metaverse generation he's you know <laughs> you know fascinated he's on in roblox. wallets yeah roblox fortnite headsets vr you know more adept at every aspect of tech than i could possibly be um and this is just this they're, they're at the heart of it. And if I think about, you know, minors and children in this space, that, again, I think is a sharp focus for us all as they're coming through the future, you know, to get it right. Um, and the platforms in this space, you know, they've got, they've got, they've learned lessons. And I would hope that they're going to take those lessons and think really carefully about the future, and, I, and so I think that it's being approached in a in a in a much more circumspect way, which I think is I think is good. You know, that's great. That's got to be good, um, but you've got to balance again. You've got to balance the desire for innovation against such such stringent guardrails that that innovation can't happen and at WPP actually you know we are trying our best to balance the two constantly so um, that you can have the guardrails but encourage the innovation and that's that's really how we approach it from WPP legal that you get it the right side of the line every time legally but you allow innovation I suspect you know that's why I talk about the grey you start as a coder with black and white, with the law, it is gray. (laughs) And it's approaching that gray space in the right way, the right side of the line.
1: So what, what do you do when the real innovation starts happening and it touches on new ideas and concepts that maybe don't have a legal precedent or legal guidance in place yet? Like how should we navigate something like that? An example is um the the ip rights on nft collections you know there's a lot of let's just make it cco uh, or cc0 the creative commons uh license and i feel like it's a it's uncharted territory legally like is the is the name of the collection cco is it trademarked like how does it so so the honest answer is you take it back to first principles OK, so every time
2: that there is something which seems new and innovative in the metaverse, I think about, I think about it as a piece of straightforward um, creative advertising. Or I think about it as a piece of, you know, straightforward terms and conditions. So with an NFT, I break it down to, first of all, you've got the um, how if there's artwork on an NFT, how have we commissioned it? think back to first principles of how you commission an illustrator. And then when you think to how that NFT is going to be traded and the representations you make to the consumer who may well, you know, want to buy that NFT, you go back to the terms and conditions which could be hosted on the brand's website. Um, And you think you go back to plain English and explaining to the consumer, what they actually get when they get an NFT. Now, this is something that we're really focused on at WPP and working hard on. I liken it to the privacy journey and how we have tried to explain in plain English to consumers, you know, how we use data. You know, you don't want a thousand page privacy policy. That doesn't work. So it's going to be the same with NFTs, saying in plain English what they get. It's, back. it's good for business. It's transparency. It's good for the consumer. It's good for the practitioners in the space. So I I, ba- I, I take it back to first principles of the law, the common sense, the plain English, and I, and I apply what I've always grown up doing um, uh, because it's that legal framework that's always existed that we're going to be applying to Web3 and the metaverse. So it's the classic intellectual property principles. If you're building a world you know can you feature a certain car in it well no not unless you've got consent it's it's like a tv ad so <laughs> um it's back to the first principles and the common sense but but there's a we've got a huge push at the minute and we're looking really hard at how you explain to consumers what they may or may not get in in the metaverse and that's something which i think um, practitioners in the space have to, you guys have to look at as well, because it's everybody's problem. And if we think to how we got ourselves in a mess on privacy, it was because we weren't clear and upfront and transparent from the outset.
1: Yeah, I I love that you mentioned that it's everyone's problem. It is. Uh, because there is, there's a new engineering proposal going through the Ethereum ecosystem right now. And the idea is to add a new method to the NFT contract that, if you call it, returns the link to the legal you know, terms for your ownership of that NFT. So right now, it's impossible for a consumer to even know what their rights are in owning that NFT unless they, like you said, find the brand website, yep. find the link to the rights thing. It's not clear if those <laughs> rights apply to their NFT or not. So we're going to try to bundle it right into the contract so that it's there. I love that idea because it's like, you know, the the tech people trying to solve the problem their way. uh, But now we still need the lawyers on the other side to make sure that whatever we populate in that new method uh, is reliable and and to your point, accessible to the end user so they don't have to read. 50 pages of legalese to understand how they can use their NFT? Uh,
2: Honestly, it's exactly where we were with privacy 10 years ago. We've got to not trip into that mistake again. And it's actually not just your problem, the lawyer's problem. This is at the heart of comms consultancy, if you ask me, around (laughs) NFTs in the metaverse because it's about how you then do a broader comms piece around the NFT and understanding and awareness. Yeah, so you're bundling in terms and conditions, you're making sure that they're in the right language, but then what more education can you do around it for consumers um, so that they really understand what they're getting? Because even if you've got plain English terms and conditions highlighted in the right way and explained in a better fashion than it it was at the outset of the internet many moons ago, um, there's still a much broader education piece around that. Um, and that's that's how I think we should all be looking at this. If we learn from the privacy journey, And the types of transparent privacy discussions and the training and the the understanding we've, you know, we've tried to get out there. If we take all of that and put that into Web3 and the metaverse, we're going to be in a much better position. And I think that will avoid some of the future prosecutions because I can just, you know, in particular, the FTC, mis-selling, misleading comms around NFTs. I think that'll be a focus in the future and they'll be looking hard at how this stuff got out there and what the consumer understood about what they were or weren't getting.
1: This is a huge point of discussion in the Web3 community. There are a few lawsuits outstanding right now. The results of those cases will hopefully give us some guidance, set a little bit of precedent about where we're going. One of the big ones is the Board Ape Yacht Club rider rips uh, yep. intellectual property situation. If anyone's not aware, <laughs> Writer Rips basically launched a collection that's an exact clone of Board Ape Yacht Club, same exact art, same everything, and claimed that because of the um, the IP rights that the original collection you know provided, he's legally allowed to just copy the whole thing verbatim. Uh, so it's like a really sticky little uh, loophole, uh, and we're you know eagerly anticipating the results it'll probably take years though for that case to come to closure so meanwhile everyone's trying to make decisions about how to move forward without knowing what the answer is going to be and in my experience I would be really really
2: wary of um pointing to examples of you know litigation as a means of sort of you know justifying guardrails practices you know because it's a bigger question than that where i started was common sense and often the outcome of you know litigation in the uk the us sometimes isn't doesn't doesn't seem that common sense sometimes so i i just think yeah. you want to take it away from the legal's and think what feels right you know back to plain english common sense yes the law is there but what have we learned from the last few years. How can we be transparent, practical, normal? <laughs> How can we not make it so complicated and convoluted that you alienate, you know? I, I. So there's a place for legal precedent, um, but there's also a place for plain English comms, you know, making sure people understand what's going on. Because to your point, nobody, nobody wants to have to turn to a sort of 50-page terms and conditions. or or even the disappointment of thinking they have something that they don't have, um, which then leads to consequent litigation or a complaint to a regulator and we just need to be smarter i wouldn't be hanging on and waiting for sort of outcomes of case law that's not how we do it here we look at what feels right for the group what is right within existing legal frameworks and balancing that and communicating it in the right way to the agencies um, so that we can you know apply the right right guardrails to the work we do we've come up with a, a metaverse for good um strategy and principles at WPP so all of the agencies they work the work they produce sort of is, is within particular principles around diversity inclusion complying with the law you know but looking at ethics as well you know data ethics and and those simple principles you know will do this in the right way you get five principles you try and think about the work through that lens It takes it away from horrible debates around, you know, copyright trademarks and IP infringement and extremely expensive litigation, one hopes.
1: So what kind of advice can we give to our listeners, uh, which I'm hoping are both agency people and clients, uh, about how to get ready? I, I think you've advocated a few times for understanding their readiness, their risk appetite, things like that what are what are some practical steps that someone who wants to do a project would go through to make sure they're ready to execute that project? So practical steps. if let's
2: take, for example,, um... You know, if they're coming up with a a metaverse strategy for a brand or a Web three strategy for a brand, which includes um, space in a particular land or, or even NFTs, wallets, you, you you want to break everything down. The first thing to say to your clients is, you know, um, you know who should you who should we par- who should you partner with from your legal team? <laughs> um, lawyers really aren't the enemy in this space. Um, we've had successful discussions when we've partnered with the agencies spoken to the brand teams and said partner us with the, with with the right lawyer within your within your within you know your brand you know it, it, you have to have the right person at the table then immediately you'd be saying to them i think you know have you got you know are there any any principles set out in your own brand policies like they they brands all have their own marketing guidelines is there anything in there which would make metaverse web3 work tricky um, and then, particularly if they're going to go into the NFT space, you want to understand what their position is as a group, uh, you know, a global brand on cryptocurrency, um, because that can stop a project in its tracks, or indeed inform the direction in which a project is going to go. It's not going to go down the crypto route, for example. So, um, uh, and think about intellectual property. So it's it's you know, there's no point, I think taking an idea to a client which will have multiple rights rights clearance issues you know <laughs> it, 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 you think you're going to feature 50 celebrities you know on particular nfts I, i'd be suggesting that that's a bad idea from the outset because of the rights clearance that would have to go into that and the cost of implementing because <laughs> it's risk, risk and cost versus reward and that type of an idea would be you know, doomed to failure, I think, on that analysis for a lot of the household names that are going into this space, if I'm honest. So for for the agency, it's pitch a project in the right way and then say to the client, your risk appetite is crucial. Find the right partner internally from the legal, the compliance team to help you navigate it through your own business. It's really important to have that risk risk appetite discussion up front. I can't emphasize it enough. I have really have seen so many great ideas with the lawyers get involved too late or the compliance team gets involved too late the security team um, the cfo the C- uh, well that's the, the other the, thing the Chief is, Financial at officer at what point has do you tackle it finance off. you tackle yep. finance at the same time so if you're looking at wallets you tackle finance at the same time as you tackle compliance and and the security team the privacy team and the legal team you bring everybody to, to the table that's the perfect, in the perfect world, that's how you pull together a risk proposal on a wallet. You bring all of the relevant departments and teams together to say, this is how we want to do it. Does everybody align? And if you can get that alignment, fantastic. And then you really are off in the right way. But it's not for us to force that alignment for our clients, of course. But it's for us to say, hey, this is how we look at it. Hopefully this is helpful to you. And, you know, we don't, we can't provide legal advice to our clients and indeed we don't but we do partner with them and can have helpful conversations and provide guidance um around how we've done it and what they might want to think about that that's that's the right way to to go about it if you ask me
1: i love it so vicky first of all this has been awesome thank you for making a legal conversation kind of fun kind of exciting and we giving try. us some areas to try. research <laughs> um is there anything i haven't covered that you you would like to bring up that you think we should talk about? I think the only thing that I would say is,
2: is, is we haven't talked about AI and the importance of AI and just making sure that any of the frameworks around AI that our clients apply and we apply are reflected in the ideas that we come up with in the work that we produce. That's the only thing I would say that we haven't oh, touched upon. I feel like upon. AI
1: is a whole other topic it is, that we
2: could go and very else deep on. That. Um, <laughs> but, but that's something I would think about. But I guess at the heart of it is, is and the way we think about it is, you know, just because you can do something in this space doesn't mean that you should. And I think if I could send, you know, people away with that, that thought, um, you know, just because you can do it, you know, it doesn't mean that you should. And just remember that, you know, the work um, has to be pitched in the right way from an ethical and corporate value perspective. I think that's something to remember, that even if you can get it the right side of my line legally, there's always a bigger picture, which is, hey, how does this look and feel? Let's sense check how how this looks in this space, because it's uncharted territory. And, you know, in what direction could this go? And how would we feel if it went that way? I think that's something that 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 we encourage the brands to look at it very holistically with the clients. Yes, there's the law. Yes, you can do it. Does it feel like you should?
1: Yeah, and I that's one of the big lessons I think we learned out of the whole privacy scandal. Correct. <laughs> Lots of people did it because it was legally okay. It was technically possible. Let's just do it. And then there was a whole ton of unraveling and and regulating that had to happen after the fact. So I'm I'm certainly sensitive to that scenario. And that's what we're learning from. So you posed the question to me, you know,
2: we seem to be more cautious approaching it this time around. Yeah, because I think we learned from that. We really did. And that's a positive, a huge positive.
1: It is, but it also makes me nervous because this time around the technology and the space is moving so much faster than it did yep. When the internet first came out, and one week in Web three is like one year in Web two, and combine the rapid pace of innovation with the slower pace of approval and regulation, and we're kind of like forking in a really crazy direction.
2: Yes, which is why don't wait for the legal outcome of that litigation. Set your yeah, own. Yeah, I love rails. that advice. Don't, 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 don't look to where the law might go look where the law is now and look through the common sense lens on how we've sort of self-regulated for large measure in the privacy space you know up until about 2018 um you know and put your own guardrails in place that that's what i would be saying to our clients we have our metaverse for good strategy think about what you should have you know Where's your risk appetite on this? What are your top principles for how you want to work in this space? Because we've set the tone for how we're going to do it. We're going to regulate ourselves, self-regulation here. We're not going to wait for the outcome of the next piece of litigation. We're going to do it ourselves in the right way.
1: Also, I would really love for our brands and clients to have just a little bit greater of a risk appetite (laughs) <laughs> uh specifically because I feel like web three moves so fast and web three native brands are emerging and they're gonna get a, a foothold that will be difficult for the web two brands to to displace if they wait too long. Uh and I have a lot of love for some web two brands. I want them to be the innovators to drive this forward to like set the tone and the fear kind of holds them back and then the new baby web 3 brands are are winning some of those wars like Yuga labs for example um yeah. and i don't know i just i want our clients to succeed here and it's just so difficult if, if to i to had get a, them a, if i had a dollar
2: for every time someone in an agency told me that Um, I'd be extremely rich. And (laughs) the flip side is
1: we said the same thing about D2C brands and the D2C brands did not really unseat all of the legacy brands in any way. Um, But I would say
2: this in defense of, of, you know, and in support of my legal colleagues at the brands, um, just remember that they're navigating a much bigger picture. You know, many of these brands are traded on on the various stock exchanges. You know, we're they're global, to, so they have global. to deal with laws in they're many countries. to serious audit requirements, serious reporting requirements. So just just remember that. And again, the lawyers aren't your enemies. Um, they can help you balance that governance framework to which those brands are subject with the projects you want to work on and the innov- innovation that you're seeing. You know, that's where the lawyers can help you navigate all of the different swim lanes because you do you really do have to and you can't get away from that it's not the legal team's fault it's not the brand's fault it's 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 how it is and that's why it's an exciting space particularly if you're a lawyer advising in it you know you're navigating you know the realities of you know reporting requirements Um, the realities of disclosure requirements, you know, and particular legislative frameworks with, you know, a really innovative project, but you've got to find a way through it. So, yes, if I had a dollar for every time someone said that to me, I would be very rich. But, But, yes, that's the challenge of this space. But, again, common sense. Common sense, practical guardrails, and, you know, being realistic about the type of work you can execute for those types of clients in the space, I would say
1: we often do a segment called bullshit bingo and i feel like <laughs> the one that you just dropped on us was lawyers are your friends Oh, <laughs> in this that's space not they the, are that's not the bullshit not- the bullshit would be the other the opposite of that <laughs> but you know I, I think it's a really important point because a lot of us are sensitive to the you know, what happens when legal gets involved.
2: No, totally. Um,
1: but oh, I so far, my experience in Web3 has been it's worse when you don't get legal involved because then everybody gets excited and you get so far along and then it ends at the last mile and you're, it's like such a crushing feeling. So I don't want that anymore. I would rather get <laughs> legal involved early and know that my my cool stuff can make it past the finish line. Yes, yes. I mean, listen, it's really
2: important because there's risk appetite, risk appetite, risk appetite. That's the upfront discussion because no one will be thrilled if six months down the line, the risk appetite turns out to be something that everyone thought it wasn't, you know?
1: I wonder if we could make some sort of quiz to identify what your risk appetite is as a brand. You know how they have personality quizzes online? Yeah. It could be like, you know, if you woke up tomorrow and there was a press release about a hack on your smart contract, how would you feel? <laughs> you know, like yes, uh, I
2: don't think they would be thrilled. Um but on but on that point, I think that one of the questions to pose to a client is, um the first one is how do you feel about crypto? Do you know what your corporate policy is on crypto. And then what is your security posture? Because if they are particularly sensitive, you know, to that type of security issue, then, you know, come up with a different idea in the space for them, frankly, you know. So that's the type of those basic questions, actually. And when you pose them, and I've been involved in seeing the different answer from the marketing team, as opposed to when the lawyer gets on the phone. And no, no, we don't, you know, we have zero tolerance for that. And by the way, our policy on this is X. And um, that's, that's when it sort of goes in a different direction. And everyone goes, oh, it is different, isn't it? Because when it goes horribly wrong, um, you know, it's the legal and compliance teams that are picking up the pieces. Um, you know, so... And it's the board of the of the client that ultimately has to answer to investors if something has gone has gone south. So without wishing to sound negative, it's it's being mindful of those types of competing interests. You know you don't dwell on them. you just have it in the back of your mind that you need to have a discussion with the client about how, you know what's what's your corporate risk appetite on it?
1: Have you ever had a client say, "Hi? I have a high risk appetite. Yes, <laughs> like yes, definitely. You have what? Yeah. What type of client is I don't know more risk tolerant? Um, <laughs> a crypto client probably. <laughs> yes, that that they are they have a higher risk
2: tolerance. But I'm actually thinking more where I've had, and also you need to balance. To be honest with you, intellectual property risk and how um, particular brands feel
1: like IP infringement issues. Um, Mm, that's true. So you might have a different risk tolerance, depending on the area you're talking about. Yeah. So, so,
2: you know, I've had, you know, confectionery brands that have had extremely a high risk appetite for particular IP executions, you know, um, and they're willing to take that chance, um, that there won't be a complaint or that that if there is a complaint, they'll weather the storm. They'll ride it out because actually by the time it's got to court it will all have disappeared anyway. but um, it's you know it's 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 hard to say I mean but but what I'm seeing is that the the household names are really excited about the space, really excited about the space um, but they are mindful of the you know the governance frameworks and the legislative frameworks within which they sit and they have to balance that. But we've had really constructive discussions with the household names and their legal teams um, about the metaverse and Web3. Um, but, you know, those discussions are happening up front. They're happening in the right way. So you can try and manage the challenges of the, the governance frameworks up front. And, that you know, the discussions have been productive. And, you know, that I would say that they're, they're, they're really looking at it all hard and willing to engage in the right way. But it's in their interest and our interest to get it right, if you see what I mean.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We want our creative ideas to come to fruition. They want the execution to be safe and valuable. Uh, So, yeah, there's a lot of alignment there that means it's important to get these people involved early.
2: There is huge alignment there, huge alignment there. But I mentioned before, think about a client's own marketing principles and policies Yeah, because whatever ideas you come up with, they should still be pitched within that framework. That's back to sort of coming up with an avant-garde execution for a brand which you know is slightly risk-averse if you look at their marketing policies, their internal guidelines and brand guidelines. You know, don't come up with ideas which wouldn't fly, even if this was, you know, just on social or or just on TV. You know, (laughs) take it back to first principles. Don't wait for the next round of legislation. Look at what you have now,
1: Back to First Principles. I love it. I think that will be uh, the title or the subtitle of this episode, Back to First Principles. Um, Maybe sub -sub subtitle, Lawyers Are Your Friends. Yep. Uh, And that's how we're gonna try to deliver this message. Um, But yeah, thank you Vicky so much for your time today. Uh, This has been amazing. I would love to schedule another conversation with you where we could dig deeper into some specifics. very happy to. I wanna drop a brand safety question on you right now, but I feel like that would be another half an hour of us (laughs) figuring out what that means in the metaverse. So I'm gonna save that for uh, a 201. Um, But yeah, thank you so much for joining today. No, thank you for having me, it's a pleasure. Uh, This has been another episode of WPP's Metaverse and More Academy. Thank you listeners for joining us. Uh, and remember, stay classy, Metaverse.
0: Thank you for listening to the WPP Metaverse and More Academy podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. If you'd like to learn more about WPP, the creative transformation company, find us at WPP.com or send us a note to business at WPP.com. That's it for today. We look forward to seeing you in the Metaverse.